Why don't you turn over to Matthew chapter number 24? We've been talking about end times. And uh, this will be sheep food this morning. Don't worry. Don't, don't get all concerned. We're going to try to pick the Antichrist this morning because I don't know who he is. I just know he's not you, so we're not. <laughs> so, no, this will be sheep food. This will be good sheep food. Sheep food for the end times. That would be a good service title. Praise the Lord. We've got end-time pastors. The Lord spoke to us the other service about that. You've got end-time churches. We've got end-time believers. Praise God. I'm an end-time believer. I'm, an, I'm, I'm a different breed. I, I know the authority I have. You know, people are whacking out today. Some of these things prophesied in the Bible coming to pass. I had somebody tell me the other day, I won't mention who they are, uh, they have their own business and a client they've been doing business with for years we just came in all raging one day and what you know almost almost you know ready to from the way they described ready to hit somebody or something you know and they just went over there because they know the authority of the authority they have they grabbed them and said hey and just started taking authority over that Amen. and they calmed down yes. we're gonna have to know our authority in this day because you know, not only because not everybody wants to be free, but in our, on our domain, we have authority to keep those raging things where people are hating and raging and, and mad at other segments of society because of this or that, you know. The um, Bible says in the last days right here, Matthew 24, one of the signs of these last days is, uh, we'll just start reading here in verse number, because this is Jesus, he, the, the disciples had said to him, uh, in verse number 1 let's just go to chapter number 24 of Matthew verse number 1 Jesus went up out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him and showed him the buildings of the uh, him the building of the temple or excuse me the buildings of the temple in other words if you read some of the other accounts they were amazed at you know the technique you would say today the technology that it took to do that and look how big those stones are I don't know if you've ever seen those stones over there that was in the foundation of the the uh, wailing wall and so forth the wall around it's huge I mean even today it'd be hard to lay those stones and they didn't have all the cranes back then so the disciples are marveling at this construction and the technology and all that for that day that was you know amazing and Jesus said in verse number 2 see ye not see, see ye not all these things verily I say unto you there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down yeah. and that happened 70 AD it didn't all happen right I mean the, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD but some later destruction cast those stones off of there uh, but uh, 70 AD the Roman Emperor Titus he came and made besiege against Jerusalem and eventually got the temple burned it and ransacked it and took everything and and took and destroyed Jerusalem and so forth and uh, that was 70 years after Jesus is prophesying right here and so it came to pass and and he said upon the uh, Mount of Olives the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us what shall these excuse me when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming notice they ask about when these things are going to be of course we just told you the destruction of the temple happened in 70 AD and when then they asked more than that when shall uh, or the, these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming now they're talking about Jesus coming again they had heard him talking about he's coming again and uh, then the and when shall be the end of the world? Well, that's three different questions. So you know, there's different answers here going, coming in these scriptures. But Jesus answered in verse four and said unto them, "Take heed that no man deceive you." For very first thing he said, we shared on that on Sunday night. Some, I mean, excuse me, on Wednesday night. Some we shared about the dream I had about the uh, spirits of strong deception and how they try to get into local churches. And that's been happening in, in some local churches today. Um, but uh, those that, the vision I had is I was standing out in front and had to get around me to get in the church. Because God, God put a pastor in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the church, local church, to oversee and protect the sheep and, and give them sound doctrine to keep that deception from getting in. That's what a pastor is assigned to do. Bible said over there in Acts, Paul was preaching. He said, I'm not going to see you there. And he's talking to the preachers in Ephesus, had a minister's conference. And he said, I'm not going to see you again. But he said, take heed to the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. For after my departure, uh, there'll be men coming trying to lead people astray. You know, at least them into false doctrines and so forth. So, so he's saying that those pastors are assigned to keep that from happening in their churches. 
So what, what that dream I had was really a night vision. That, that, there were two strong spirits. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you need to get that. But uh, they, were, they came down. This, I didn't even tell the whole thing. I mean, I didn't explain what the Lord was showing me, I should say. Um, they, they came from the west and were going towards the east. And I didn't know why that was significant until I woke up and the Lord explained it to me. But uh, they were strong, and the Lord said they were strong, spirits of strong deception that destroy by de deception. And they were trying to get in the street running in front of the church that I had just come out of. And they tried to get into the church, but they couldn't come through me. They had to try to get around me, and they couldn't get through me, so they, they didn't make it into the church. Two of them. If you were here Wednesday night, I told that. And they were blind. They, they were running at a full speed with their eyes closed. It looked like, just like little raisins. They, you could tell they were blind. Yeah, yeah. They were not, you know, that's, that's what he said they destroy through blindness. Yeah. Spirits of strong destruction, that, strong deception that destroy through blindness. Yeah. Amen. How many of you know the devil, if he can blind people, then he can get to them to steal, kill, and destroy? We know he goes about to uh, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said so in John 10, 10. But really the way he does that is by deception. Yes. That's right. When he's loose from the pit, he was doing this, he's doing this now for anyone that yields to him. But then when he's bound for a thousand years and then he's loose from the pit, he doesn't go out to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible said in the book of Revelation, he goes out to de deceive the nation. Why? Because if he can deceive them, he can steal from them, kill them, and destroy them. Yes. And that's what he's trying to do that today. He's trying to deceive people, get them into wrong thinking, and so forth and so on. But I never finished. I got to tell something that I didn't get to get out on Wednesday night. After I woke up, I said, why was it so significant that they were running from the east to the west? He said, where does the, west, where does the sun set? I said, in the west. He said, that represents they were trying to uh, escape the, the end of time. He said, they know time is short. That's why they were running from west to east. They're trying to make up time, and they're, they're running from the west to the east. You know, that the west signals the end of a day. The east signals the beginning of a day, and they're trying to avoid the end. And they're trying, because they know, and he gave me that verse over in the book of Revelation. Satan goes about, he said, woe on the, to those who are on the earth. Satan goes about with great wrath, because <coughs> he knows his time is short. And so he's busy. <laughs> this is not a day to be a spiritual slouch. He's looking to deceive. He's looking to devour. He's looking to get people off of the plan of God. He's like, and here's a big one. He's looking to distract people. Distractions, distractions, distractions. So many things that don't amount, won't, and won't in, the, in eternity won't amount to a hill of beans. That's just a good farm country boy expression from Pennsylvania. Won't amount to anything. You know, people spend so much time watching the news, all the details of the news. They're all interested in what's the latest song, the latest movie, the latest fad, the latest video on TikTok, the latest, the latest. It doesn't mean anything. Amen. Just a lot of it doesn't mean anything. It's not important. Don't be distracted by all that. Anyway, I left preaching and went to Midland. So... Um, but he said, he said here that the first thing he said was, don't, uh, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. Yeah. And so uh, there's things trying to deceive today. Listen, I know that not everything that's on the news is true. How many of you know there's a lying spirit that has tried to get into the media? The Lord told us that. We're to be exercising authority over that. And some of these things are coming down. So I'm not, I'm not saying believe everything that's on the news, but I'm just, anyway, I'll get off of that. There's a lot of deception. Take, take heed that no man deceive you. Not everything that they're saying is what they're saying. Even over in Russia and Ukraine, it's not all what they're saying. You can pretty much tell if the news is all, in, they're, they're, they like somebody, you might want to check up whether they're the real deal. Anyway. Many, many come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And we've talked a little bit about that. We didn't get into much detail, but we've got to move on here right now. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Rumors is another, another word for rumors is, um, you know, you might say suspicions or threatenings of war. Anybody heard any of that lately? Uh, and see that you be not troubled. Woo, right there. We're going to camp on that today. 
See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, I, I looked at that one day and I said, Lord, I've, I, I've never liked that. These things must come to pass. I'm just being honest. How many of you know you just talk to the Lord like you talk? I'm not arguing with his word. I'm just saying I must either not understand that or I don't understand. Yeah, I know you, you're not in this. All this stuff in the tribulation, all this junk in the end times, God's not in that. What he's in is what's going to be happening in the church where the glory's manifested, the harvest is being reaped. And so that's what he's in. And that's what we ought to be busy with. Remember whenever later in this Matthew 24, he said, well, let's go to verse 45. He said, um, right after he said, be ready, he said, be ready a number of times. Who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? In other words, he's giving them something to do in his kingdom. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find doing. And then he gets real specific. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if the evil servant say unto his heart, say, say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming and, and shall smite uh, his fellow servants and eat and drink with the, the, the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in the day when he looks not for him and now that he is not aware of. And they shall cut, and shall cut him asunder and appoint his, him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, that verse is not necessarily one that uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to find out what that's all about. Anyway. So, but he's just saying, be busy with what I told you to do. And that's, that's, that's the 30,000 foot view. We could get into that in the, de- in the weeds and the details. But let's come back here to verse number uh, 6, back in Matthew 24. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. They must come to pass. Yes. I used to, that used to bother me. I used to think that was saying they must come to pass because it's God's will. But I was meditating on this, and, and I looked at some of the words. I don't have time to get into this this morning because we've got to focus on what God put in my heart. But he, he, I was meditating on it. He said the word, and, and some of the Greek help said, must come to pass is another way of saying it is inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Inevitable. Yeah. Now, not inevitable because it's God's will, but inevitable because of the, uh, the things that men are listening to and yielding to. The end times are not God just saying, all right, you know, you know I'm going to just squash you all like a bug. It's them giving place to judgment. It's harvest. You understand what I'm talking about? And, uh, you know, he that sows of the Spirit or of the Spirit reap life everlasting. There's a harvest for us, too, in this ten time, just like he that sows of the flesh or of the flesh reap corruption. Um, Dr. Dufresne used to talk about churches that are allowing all these spirits, evil spirits, even evil spirits getting into the local churches. These churches are allowing that. He said that'll, that'll corrupt and that'll, all these things will come down. And it's begun. Yes, sir. I could tell you stories right now that curl your toes. Pastors allowing some of this stuff in their churches that, that are being arrested. Just amazing stuff. Um, no, I'm just going to stay with the truth of God's Word. Anyway, I keep getting off on things, and you're, you're hungry this morning. You're pulling. Uh, that's good. Um, but, but my point is here, these things must come to pass. They're inevitable. Not because God wills it, but it's just, it's inevitable. You keep yielding to the devil. You keep listening to him and speaking his words, thinking his thoughts, doing what he tells you to do. It's inevitable. Eventually, one day, this trap's going to snap shut. Amen. And uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, is it? In the last days, perilous times shall come. And he tells us why. Men will be lovers of themselves. That's why we got the selfie sticks. Uh, you don't own one? Good. <laughs> but but the, the, it talks about they'll betray, be, betraying one another, haters of one another. Well, you get a bunch of people yielding to all that, it's inevitable you're going to have trouble. Can you see the way that's being said? All right, verse number seven. Nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Uh, we, we, that's where I was... Uh, a few minutes ago, I started saying, uh, because of some of the things that are, people are being hateful and so forth, yeah. 
towards one another. Uh, it really means nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Nation means is the Greek word ethnos. It means division between racial groups. Or I don't even I don't even believe there are such things as races on the earth. There's one race. It's the human race. Amen. There's different colors of skin and differences of cultures and stuff, but we're all brothers and sisters. And I don't mean, that, that could be taken wrong. I don't mean we're all uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. But I mean we're all of one man, Adam. Yes, come on. Yes. Amen. We preached on that one service. We hit it real strong. Um, but so, nation shall rise order, ethnos against ethnos, kingdom against kingdom. And uh, then shall there be famines and pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. See, all this is talking about the stuff out there. This, none of this belongs to us. None of us belongs to the church. And uh, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Remember we said that word sorrows mean birth pangs. Something's, this is not the end of something. This is the beginning. It's the beginning of the kingdom age. Uh, we're through the tribulation on the other side. That's the kingdom of kingdom age. All these things are the beginning of uh, birth pangs. These then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you and so forth and so on. And many be offended. Right? So that's a manifestation of the last days. Anybody have met anybody offended lately? Can I just give you a little clue on some of this? You need to take the attitude sometimes. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. That's the truth. Praise the Lord. Somebody's just got a revelation right there. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Praise the Lord. So we need, to, we need to recognize these things are all manifestations of the last days. Then he said this in verse, uh, that's, that's a manifestation of the last days. They'll betray one another in verse 10. Then many false prophets shall rise. Boy, have I seen that. Whew. Nutcases. I told you about one that said they had all the angels working for them. Anyway, I won't even get on that. Because, because iniquity shall abound. Look at verse 12. Because iniquity shall abound, and boy it is, the love of many shall wax cold. That, that could be uh, interpreted a couple of different ways. The love between, you know, mankind for other mankind. Or you could apply that to the love of God. Um, how many of you know the, the temptation in the day we're living in is, if you're not careful, I'm not, I'm not saying we yield to this, but I'm saying the temptation can be there. It's just like, well, these people are, they, they totally hate God, and they're not interested in God, and, and look, they've got billions of dollars. And it just seems like nothing goes bad for them. What good is it for me to serve God, you know? And if you're not careful... That because you, you can wax cold in your love for God because, uh, you know, everybody else is just seeming to get away with it. I'm talking about evil. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've got to guard your mind. You've got to guard your mind. And go read Psalm 73. <laughs> I don't know if you ever read Psalm 73. I believe I got the right chapter there. I'll look at it while I'm saying this. But that's the chapter where I think he said, uh, you know, he was discouraged and he saw the prosperity of the wicked. Do you remember that? And he said, what good is it for me to serve God? Remember that chapter? And, uh, and eventually he went into the presence of God and God's in, in the presence of God, he had a different perspective. Yeah, Psalm 73. You need to read that if you're being tempted along that line. And he saw from, his, from God's perspective, man, these guys got nobody helping them. They might look like they're just flourishing, but they're like a green bay tree. He said, they'll be here one day and gone the next day. Amen. But I got God on my side. Anyway, so we're just hitting a lot of high spots here. Iniquity abound, love of many shall wax cold. And then he that endures to the end shall be saved. You got to stick with it. Amen. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then, then, remember they asked him, when's the end going to come? Then shall the end come. Now, over in 1 Tim, uh, excuse me, let me see if I can find it here. 1 Peter, I believe. I'll give you the reference. It's written down up here somewhere. <laughs> uh, but he mentions, if I can, well, I'm in the wrong notes here. But he mentions over, I think it's in 1 Peter. 
where he talks about the uh, hastening of the Lord. He says, looking for and hasting unto the day of the Lord. Anybody ever remember that, that scripture? Is it First Timothy or First Peter? Second Timothy, excuse me, Second Peter, three twelve. There it is. He tells us this is this is written to believers, looking for and hasting under the coming of the day of God. Hasting. You look that word up. It means to hasten along, or to speed up. Oh, Pastor. I thought there's just a day picked and God just set the day and so forth. No, not so. Not so. What we do determines how long things last down here. You know what he's waiting for in James? He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's not waiting for, uh, you know, Russia to get mad at Israel and come down and attack them. That's going to happen, but that's not what he's waiting. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. You know why he hadn't come back? Because he loves people. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Aren't you glad he waited for you? Well, it'd be better for us if we just go right now. There's a lot of things we could do better in heaven right now. We could worship God better. We could know Him better. Amen. We could fellowship with Him better. There's a lot we could do better, but we can't win the world better up there than we can down here. So that's why we're still down here. Amen. Just preaching to you, like Dr. Jacob says, just preaching to you. So... Um, he's waiting for that precious fruit of the earth. And the Bible says, there's another verse that talks about uh, people mocking and saying, where is the return of his coming? And the Bible said, he's long, the reason he hasn't come is because he's long patience toward us. Yes. Not willing that any should perish. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. So, but if that's the case, then how could that be that we have, because notice there in First Peter, or excuse me, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 12 again, looking for and hasting, or speeding along the coming of the day of God. Can we speed it up? Here's another question. If we can speed it up, we can probably slow it down. Right? I mean, it's, if it's just fixed and we can't do anything about it, then we can't speed it up or slow it down. But if we can speed it up, we can slow it down. Yeah, that's good. What am I ta we're talking about? The return of Jesus. We can slow that down. Well, if that's uh, no way, Pastor, that we could do that. Oh, way. Yes, way. <laughs> the way is, he said here, notice verse 14, the, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, and then shall the end come. So to speed it up, help get this gospel out. Yes. I like the way he said that, this gospel. This gospel. Not the watered-down version so many people have. This gospel. This gospel. The full the gospel of the authority of the believer. Treading on serpents. And serpents. You know all that belongs to us about the authority of the believer belongs to us in the last days? It belonged to them back in the early days of the church, but it belongs to us now. We're not going out of here defeated. We're going out of here with revelation of this gospel, treading on serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. Taking authority over the devil, trying to get it on before it's time. Amen. Even in our nation. We, we miss some things, but that doesn't mean we can't pick it back up. I'm having a good time. Okay, so I believe, I mean, I could study this and find out that I'm wrong, but it seems to me that that's all before the tribulation, and verse 15 starts the tribulation. Talks about the abomination of desolation, which is actually not the beginning of the tribulation, it's halfway through, but right on the other hand, it's the beginning of Jesus talking about the tribulation here. So, um, is everybody still with me this morning? So, but why would he say over in the book of 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and in several places, uh, that God has not appointed us to wrath, and, and it's in the context of the Great Tribulation, which is called the wrath of the Lamb. The Great Tribulation is called the wrath of the Lamb. You read it over in the book of Revelation. Um, so if that's the wrath of God, um, then why does He tell us, don't let, don't let us be troubled? Yeah. Well, in other words, the wrath of God is not for the church. 
He said, he's not appointed us unto wrath. Anybody ever read that? So if, if the wrath of God is not for the church and we're not appointed unto wrath, why did he say then, let not your heart be troubled? It's because we're going to see some of these things beginning before we leave. That's why he said over there in, in uh, verse, uh, this is in uh, Luke 21, but that's why he said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Am I preaching all right? Yes, sir. So you're going to see some things beginning. And that's why I said that the statement that the minister made that helped me so much, he said, you know, future events cast their shadow ahead of themselves. In other words, the church age doesn't end with just great blessing and prosperity and so many thing, good things happening in the world and so forth and so on. I mean, it'll end with the glory in the church, don't misunderstand me, but I'm talking about out in the world. It doesn't end with just glorious things, and then the day the church leaves, then all hell breaks loose on the earth. No, it's, it starts working up to that, and then whenever we're, that which withholds is removed, then boom. But you see, it's like a storm coming. We have mentioned it's like clouds or ominous clouds are on the horizon. You don't have a perfectly clear sunny day with bluebirds chirping. And, and, and then one second is that way and the next second you got dark clouds and it's pouring buckets of rain and lightning and stuff like that. No, it's just, it's be, it begins to happen. And he said, you're going to see the beginning of that. Not the beginning of the tribulation, I don't mean. But you're going to see things on the horizon. Can you see things on the horizon? It's like a new religion has been started. It's called woke. <laughs> I mean, don't tell me that's just, that's just not a, a, a spirit behind that. That's, it's just hit the whole world and people are, amen. I'm not trying to get political. I'm just simply, but we're not appointed. That's, that's the, uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 9 says, God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to the obtaining of salvation, the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking, if you read the context there, he's talking about the, the, uh, the, the end times and the rapture is what he's talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. So if we're not appointed to wrath, then why did he say when you see all these things beginning, uh, look up your redemption draws nigh, because we're going to see the beginnings not of the tribulation. I don't mean I keep wanting to clarify that. We're not going to see the beginning of the tribulation, but we're going to see the beginning of things coming on the earth. Now we're to hold things back till we get the job done. But how many of you can see things are being held back, but boy, all it would take is nobody praying anymore or the, or the church gone, and it would go poof like that. That's our job He's, until Jesus comes. Occupy till I come. They don't like the traditional truths of God's Word. They want to throw it all out and start their new religion called woke. They, they, they are zealous with religious fervor about this thing. But uh, anyway, but our job is to hold it back. Now, in the meantime, all these things, you're going to see some of these things. Uh, look back here in Matthew 24 again. I want to get back to verse number 6. You hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. See that you be not troubled. Amen. Why? Why not be troubled? Because a troubled heart is not a believing heart. A troubled heart is not a believing heart. You cannot exercise faith if you let trouble or anxiety on the inside of you. And that's why some of you got to pull the needle out and stop watching the news so much. If you keep doing that, we're going to have to put you in a padded cell. Because of the troubledness. Well, let's back up a little bit. Remember, we, we've been sharing on Jesus' return, and we've been sharing on what the Lord said to me. Tell my people, I'm coming soon. Tell them to get ready. Yes. Um, the get ready part was later, but he's, he's given us that. And we ask, I started asking myself the question, well, if, if we're supposed to get ready, I'm included in that. Yeah. Or if I'm supposed to help others get ready, which is that assignment, that's what he said. Yeah. Ready must be a discernible condition must not be something vague like a slippery pig we can't get a hold of. You know, it's like, what does ready look like? Come on. Hair combed and tie on? What does it look like? Come 
yeah. <laughs> That's supposed to be funny. You can laugh. So we started searching. I started seeking the Lord. I mean, looking through the scriptures. What does ready look like? And things that keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. Um, if you know what time it is, you know what to do. You know how to be ready. First Chronicles 12, 32 talks about the tribe of Issachar. We've gone over this, but just say it again. They were men who had understanding of the times. First Chronicles 12, 32. Understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. If you know what time it is, you know what to do. And if you don't know what time it is, you're doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Right? If you don't know, if you're not paying attention to the clock, in other words, and you don't know that you're supposed to be at work in 15 minutes, you're still doing the backstroke in the pool. <laughs> well, then you're doing the wrong thing, and you're going to get caught. Amen. Whatever demerits they give you down there at the job, they're going to give them to you. So uh, we need to know what to do in order for, to catch what's coming. Yes. I'm talking, number one, about the rapture. Yes. Catch it and be ready to stand before Him. Remember we said First John 2, 28, we can stand before Him confident or ashamed. I, I, I see evidence on both sides, but I tend to lean the most towards all born-again believers will go in the rapture. I could give you verses that seems to imply the other way too, yeah. but, but I seem to, the, 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 the general comport of Scripture and the nature of God, it seems that's the way all, yes. all believers that are born again go in the rapture. If I'm wrong, when I get there, I'll tell you I was wrong. Right. <laughs> but why would I want to stay so close to the edge to find out? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Amen. Remember the little boy kept falling out of the bed, and his mama asked him, why do you keep falling out of the bed? And he said, I guess I just stayed too close to where I got in at. And there's a lot of Christians just stay real close to where they got in at. Got into the, into the body of Christ at. You know, real close on the edge, just, just over there, right up against sin, right up against doing all their own plans and all their, their fleshly appetites. No, get on in. What if pastor's wrong, and not everybody does go in the rapture that's saved? Woo. I don't want to find out. I just want to make sure I'm all the way in. So much so that whenever they come with the first, you know, first bus, the first, their first bus that says rapture on it, you know, they look at the list and Pastor Jay's name's on there, you know, it's like, oh yeah, first one out of here, you know. <laughs> I'm not really funny in person. You guys just... <laughs> anyway, so if you know what time it is, you know what to do, and, he, and, and we know what to do is be ready, but what does that look like? Well, there's one thing that the Lord put on my heart, and I'm so glad it took me a half hour to get there, but that's this sixth verse here, see that you be not troubled. Now notice when you hear, look at verse 6, when you hear. Paul said over in, uh, let me go over here to 1 Thessalonians. You can't be troubled by what you're hearing. Anybody hearing any threats? By foreign dictators? <laughs> that makes me troubled. Well, the Bible said don't be troubled. Amen. Notice what, let's look at something here. Where, um, let's go to actually 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. That's the coming of Jesus, and uh, that's mentioned back there in the fourth chapter of 1 Thessalonians where He doesn't put His foot on the uh, ground, but raptures the saints. The, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but it is... Um, it is mentioned, the, the, the subject of the rapture is mentioned. Right here's one verse, First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1. The coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto Him. That's, that's the rapture. We call it the rapture. See, we're going to be gathered together unto Him. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by, look at this, notice that, don't be troubled. 
neither by spirit, underline that, nor by word, nor by letter. In other words, somebody wrote them a letter. As from us, there were people writing the Thessalonian church letters and putting and signing Paul's name at the bottom. It wasn't him. And uh, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. And so he goes into that. But he said, There's, don't be troubled. Notice that, by, by, neither by spirit. Let me tell you what that means. Somebody on YouTube prophesying, they said, the Lord told me. Amen. I don't care what the Lord, you so-called Lord told you, what spirit you're listening to. What's the Bible say? Neither by spirit nor by word. In other words, uh, what people say. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things. Neither by letter as from us. Like I said, people were writing letters in the name of Paul, Paul's name. And uh, forgeries, really. So he said, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled by what somebody's prophesying. Don't be troubled by what some spirit said to you if it's not in line with the word. Don't be troubled by, you know, threats. Threats of nuclear war. Amen. We've got authority over this stuff. Anyway, that's a whole other subject. But, but anyway, I'm going to get, to get to what I have here. So this verse... See that you be, back here in Matthew 24, 6. See that you be not troubled. Then Luke 21, 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. That means burdened down, weighed down. Over, 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 what's the word? Overwhelmed, I guess. With surfeiting, that means the hangover from fleshly living. And drunkenness. And cares of this life. So you mentioned several things there, fleshly living. But let's take out the fleshly living part. Not that that's not important, but just to get to this cares part. See that, look at it. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with the cares of this life. Yeah. Cares of this life. Yeah. Now, notice what happens is if we're, you know, overwhelmed with the cares of this life, things can come upon us unawares, yes. like the return of Jesus. Yes. Unawares. That means unforeseen there's a lot of people that, that are just, just so caught up with the natural affairs of life that they're not foreseeing what's getting ready to happen well if they're not foreseeing it they're not ready they're not ready if you foresee something like if you didn't foresee your relatives showing up you don't have the, the room that they would be the bed that they would stay in prepared you don't have food in the refrigerator you didn't foresee it happening they just showed up surprised you I'm not asking you whether you enjoy that or not, but I'm just simply saying. So you weren't ready because you didn't foresee it happening. So why does Jesus address this issue of being troubled and full of care and anxiety? In other words, guarding our heart and our mind from trouble and anxiety in the last days. Because this is, the Lord spoke this to me by the Spirit. Because Satan will be after people's minds to rob them of peace in the last days. He wants people over, out of faith, in fear, in anxiety. And Luke says how he's going to try to do it. In fact, let's go over to Luke. Luke 21. My goodness, I'm just getting started here this morning. Will your roast wait till 3 o'clock? Not much amen, so I guess I better keep it short. All right, look at Luke 21. Look at what it says, verse 25. There shall be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars upon the earth, distress of nations. That literally means, distress of nations with perplexity. That literally in the Amplified says wanting or lacking in resources, something like that. In other words, they don't, they don't have any funds, and, and they don't have any answers. Now that is, that is something we're beginning to see out there. This whole thing about, uh, this whole thing about, I'm not trying to put fear into you. I'm just simply saying what's going on out there. You, you and I need to do what the Bible said here. But some of the shortages of the natural gas that they just bombed that pipeline. Somebody said who? I don't know. That's not my business. But they'll find out. 
Um, but then who, you know, fertilizer shortages and stuff like that. Some of that stuff uh, and, and economies are on the brink anyway. So anyway, I'm not trying to make you afraid. I'm just simply saying that you can start to see that come to pass. <clears throat> then he said, here, this is Matthew. He said uh, all these things, perplexity, uh, you know, wanting in resources, distress of nations, the sea and the waves roaring. Those would be tsunamis and so forth, hurricanes, whatever. Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking. Look at that. After those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Listen, these things can be happening, and you're not looking. So are you telling me to be ignorant? Listen, if you need to read a headline or something, fine. But just don't get all into it. There's been seasons of my life, my, Pastor Debbie and my life, that were intensely it had intense pressure against it it looked like the end of certain areas of our lives yeah. I mean and, and we got through it somebody said how'd you get through that I said I didn't look yeah. I didn't look yeah. are you with me yes. this is how you're going to get through the end days you don't look yeah. look what he said he said men's hearts failing them for fear and looking yeah. and looking where's your attention what is your mind on? What is your attention on? Yes. Well, this just makes me afraid. All this war and stuff makes me afraid. That's because you're looking at it. Why are you looking at it? Because you're anxious about it. Why are you anxious about it? It's a faith issue. God will take care of you. He'll take care of us. And that's what, that's what he says here, uh, that we're, we're to have our attention on. So, <clears throat> let me say that again. Why did Jesus warn us issue the, or address these issues in these last days? Because he said, Satan said to me, Satan will be after people's minds to rob them of peace in the last days. That's exactly what it says there in Luke 21, <clears throat> verses 25 and 26. Men's hearts will fail them for fear and looking. Satan's after your attention. He wants you to be, you want your attention to be on all these things. All these things are going to come to pass. But that doesn't mean you have to be so locked in on them that you, your stomach is always upset and you're popping pills and you can't sleep at night and you're just full of fear and anxiety. Why, what, what is the reason Satan wants us full of fear and anxiety? You notice he said men's hearts failing them for fear. I don't know, that could be heartaches as well, physical, blood pumps, that, that can happen, we understand that, but I don't believe he's talking about the physical blood pump, I believe he's talking about their spirit man, failing to produce the faith they need in the last days to survive and thrive. You remember whenever David got down to the battle with, you know, the Israelites were, they had a standoff with Goliath, and nobody's, you know, everybody's afraid to fight him, and David got down there and he said, uh, men's, they, their hearts were failing them for fear. First Samuel 16, 17 talks about their, men's, their hearts were failing them for fear. That's not their physical heart, and that's talking about their spirit man, weak and, and full of fear, and, and, and they didn't have the faith it took to do what they were supposed to do with that guy. Amen. One of the reasons Satan is able to express himself so much in the great tribulation is because people will be yielding to him, including in their thought life. You know, a lot of the division, the, the division between people groups in our day is people are taking thoughts from the enemy. They're taking thoughts from the enemy. Amen. And they're, they're, they're painting, and the enemy is painting with a broad brush saying everybody is this way. In another group, everybody, that's the, li that's the biggest lie from the pit of hell. Amen. I've known of ladies that <clears throat> were, were wrongly treated. I mean, hearing their story, they were wrongly treated by a man, you know, married to somebody and just abused in many ways. And they got, they turned against all men. Well, that's exactly what the enemy wanted them to do, wanted them to do. 
You know what I'm talking about? To, to hold them in bondage to ever experiencing love again. Amen. We got to learn not to fall for this stuff. Are there bad apples in, every, in any group? Sure. That doesn't mean everybody's that way. So um, one of the reasons that he's able to express himself so much in the great tribulation is because people will be yielding to him, including in their thought life. He gets them to take thoughts and suggestions. You understand that word, suggestions? And people act on them. They speak them, speak those thoughts. And Satan starts moving through them and expressing himself to do evil. You know what I'm talking about? Um, <clears throat> there's, there's people that are just out. In, I, I mean, I saw a report the other day. I think it was one of our major airports here in the United States. I mean, you know how video cameras are all over the place. Some man just hauled off and started beating this elderly person and almost beat, beat him to a bloody pop till some people saw what was happening, ran over there and stopped them. And that kind of anger is inside of people. That kind of rage. The people are walking around like that uh, because they're taking thoughts. That, didn't, that just didn't happen right there. That happened where they started taking some thoughts. Thoughts of hatred. Thoughts of anxiety, maybe. I don't know. Hopelessness. Despondency. That's one thing that will be manifest in these last days, just hopelessness. I mean, after seeing everything that's coming on, you could, you could get caught up with the news tonight and get hopeless by the, before the sun went down because you're looking at all that's, that's, that's being reported out there. And you could become despondent and say, what's the use? I'm not even going to work tomorrow. I'm not just going to sit here and eat potato chips and watch television <laughs> and get fat, you know. <laughs> But that's a despondent condition. And despondent, hopeless people will do things that they would never have thought of beforehand. Amen. And so that's why today you're seeing more and more people oppressed, depressed, harassed, tormented, and vexed. And even some people are becoming deranged and wild. Like the person I mentioned earlier in their business. They had to just get a hold of them by the face and say, no, in the name of Jesus. And they calm down. Yeah, yeah. See, people need us. <laughs> we have their answers. We've got peace. At least that's God's plan for us. We walk in peace. Remember, he said, my peace, I leave with you. Amplified says, I bequeath it to you. What a gift in the last days. With all this upheaval and all this stuff around us, we're, we're living in the peace of God. Not, not full of anxiety, care, or hatred for other people. Or somebody said, you know, that, that, that president of ours or that, that congress or that. They, watch your hate. Watch what gets inside of you. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Not only that, I mean, you could get anxious about the levels of crime that are rising. Uh, the crime that's becoming more and more prevalent. I don't know if you know anything about that, but... Um, and but you got to be free from anxiety about the the uh, about your own safety. Your own safety can be a concern if you're not careful. You understand what I'm talking about? To give no place to that. When those thoughts come, you say, "No, I'm kept by the power of God. He's given His angels charge over to me to keep me in all of my ways. That's any time I dash my foot against a stone, no harm will come near me, and no plague will come near my dwelling." Praise God. That's what I'm talking about, guarding your thought life. Yes, yes. Praise the Lord. And so uh, we learn, learn to practice this now. Yes, Can I just say a few things here? We're yes, running out of time. But learn to practice this now. Yes. Because I'm not trying to prophesy doom and gloom, but because really it's up to the church to turn these things around, get this job done before Jesus comes here. Yes. But... <clears throat> It's not what I'm, I don't mean to sound like a defeatist because I'm not, you know that, but learn to practice it now because it's not going to get easier going forward. Now's your best opportunity to learn it. Learn to get control of your thought life. Bible said evil men seducers are going to wax worse and worse. So you, you might as well just go ahead and learn to do this now. It's your best opportunity. It's a little like, you know, trying to prepare for a hurricane while the hurricane is blowing, you know. 
it's just not the right time. You, you missed your opportunity, right? Well, praise the Lord. Ah, hallelujah. So go over to Luke uh, 21, 19. This is right in the middle of Jesus' teachings on the end times here in Luke. He's mentioning some of these same things. I think we're in Luke, aren't we? Go back up to a few verses. He mentions some of the things we already read in Matthew, back in verse 11, earthquakes and so forth, signs in the heavens, and uh, uh, <clears throat> people betraying one another and hating one another, verse 16 and 17. And then he said this, verse uh, 18, There shall not an hair of your head, be that per not a hair of your head shall perish. That's what's available to us in this end times. Somebody said, well, earlier he said some, he'll kill, they'll kill some of you. Well, that will happen, but that doesn't mean that protection didn't belong to those people. Now, there are situations where people are given, you know, ultimatums. You either deny Christ, you know, we understand that. But uh, here, and, and, and really, the best God has for us is in verse 19, or excuse me, verse number 18, he said, not a very hair of your head shall perish. Some of you going bald should claim that. <laughs> anyway, that, maybe that's a little misinterpretation there. But <laughs> Verse number 19, in your patience, this is what I love. I love this verse. In your pa patience, possess ye your souls. Ooh possess you your souls now your soul is your mind will and emotions you know Satan's after your mind will and emotions he wants them he wants them troubled he wants them anxious he wants them all worked up all the time oh so tuned into the news that every time they bring up a new problem they're oh, all worked up he said get a hold of yourself get a hold of your mind get a hold of your emotions get a hold of your thought life get a hold of your attention Keep possession. Get a hold of, uh, in your patience, possess you your souls. Keep, in, keep your mind and your will and your emotions in your possession. In other words, don't let the enemy have it. Don't let him have your thought life. Amen. I'm determined to be a world champion here in the last days at just being in peace. Pastor, you never bring up all the stuff. I am in some of these end times teachings, but you never really talk about stuff goes on all the time and you never bring it up in church because my focus isn't on that and yours shouldn't be either. Yeah, amen, amen. This too shall pass. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to be a world champion at walking at peace. Amen. But it's going to take practicing in the little leagues. You know what I mean by that? to get that to that place. It's going to take believers developing a high level of skill in the last days at walking in peace in these end times. Because, you know, what will be happening around us, but how many of you know greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world? And uh, we've got somebody on the inside to help us. I mean, when sin abounds, grace much more abounds. There's going to be a lot of help and a lot of grace and a lot of revelation and things that will help us keep stable, keep steady. Don't freak out. Amen. But keep possession of our mind, will, and emotions. Amen. How many of you know you can master being a doer of the Word? You can master walking in peace. You can master controlling your thought life. Hallelujah. You need to practice peace. Practice peace. Don't pass up opportunities. Really, we all get wonderful opportunities to practice peace. It's becoming less and less of an issue, but for, for years. And would just have to get, people would have a bad report, and things would come up. The doctors would say, somebody else would say, some bad report. And people would just lose it. They, they, they forget all about everything that they heard yeah. at church. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, their attention goes on that. Yeah. Ann's job is get it back. Get, back. Yeah. get it back. Yeah. And get them settled down. Yeah. Right. And then they say, it is going to be all right, isn't it? it right. Well, sure enough, it was. Yeah. They lived. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Practice it. Practice it. 
you're going to have some wonderful opportunities to get out of peace. Practice staying right in that peace. Don't get, don't get, uh, don't let him lure your attention off and out. And Amen. Develop the habit of doing it immediately and not waiting till you get to the next church service to remember you got to take thoughts captive. <laughs> Answer thoughts and get back in peace. You need to get so good at peace, people think you don't even know, know what's going on. Don't you know all the trouble in your life? Yeah, I know. I cast the care of it on the Lord. Amen. People said, you're out of your mind. Oh, thank God. Hallelujah. Got out of my head. Got over into my spirit, over into faith. Amen. 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 I'm glad I came to church this morning. Practice holding your word on the mind and the little things now so you'll be ready for the big leagues. Well, I just want everything out there in culture. I just want it to go back to normal. I got good... I, I don't have good news. I got news for you. It's not going back to normal. But... Well, I remember the good old days. Forget them. I'm talking about out there. Pastor, you're saying we're not going to have good days. No, we're going. We're living in days of heaven on earth. I'm just saying, if you're waiting for everything around you to get better, for you to have peace, forget it. Jesus said, the peace I give you is not like the world. Well, the world gives peace by making sure all the circumstances are just perfect. Now we can all have peace. Jesus said, I give you a different kind. It's independent of whatever's going on all around you. Glory. Praise God. Praise God. We want things to get back to normal out there in the world. Well, why don't you just get back to normal without it being normal out there? What's normal? Having all your care cast on the Lord? Not fretting, having any anxiety about anything? Let the devil tribulate. You got an inheritance that's called peace. Learn to walk in it. Learn to develop. Become a high-level peace walker. Really skilled at it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, um, some don't, you know, they, they, they still are tuned in to their circumstances to have peace. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. That tells you there's, there's going to be opportunities to be troubled. But he's saying, you don't have to be just because circumstances are trying to make you that way. It's your mind. You get to choose what you think on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So possess. In your patience, possess your souls. In the Greek, that means get a hold of and hold on to your mind, will, and emotions. You ever, you ever been around somebody? They started going there in their mind. You said, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself. I love Pastor Nancy's example. When Dr. Dufresne went to heaven, she got a hold of herself. But she was able to do that because she had practiced. Remember the Lord told her, you practiced it. And for two years, she just did nothing but practice peace, practice peace, practice peace. Hallelujah. So get a hold of. That's, that means get a hold of and uh, hold on. Hold on to your mind. See, it's one thing to have a hold of it, but then you can let go of it. Your thought, I'm talking about your thought life. Now, in, the, in this area here, um, consider 1 Thessalonians 4.4. 4, every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Notice, possess his vessel there. He's talking about the body, and he's talking about, the like Amplified says, control his body. But notice it used that word possess. It's the same Greek word in your patience of Luke 21.19. In your patience, possess your souls. So get a hold of your body. Uh, control your body in 1 Thessalonians 4, 4. But that so means when he says possess your souls, he's talking about get a hold of and control your mind and your will and your emotions. Does that make sense? And so um, he's telling us in these last days, it's going to be imperative that we as believers learn to walk in the word in this area and get a hold of our thought life. People that, people that uh, come out the other side, that's because they stay in faith. Jesus said in Luke 18, whatever the verse, got it written somewhere, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? 
Will he find people walking in faith? You know, people walking in faith, they're not troubled, they're not anxious. They're in peace. And besides all that, they're walking in victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Even our faith. I'm a world overcomer. I'm an end times junk overcomer. <laughs> Glory. The Bible says in... Uh, I don't remember the verse here. They're going to, in the last days, say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Meaning, none inwardly, because they're looking outwardly for peace. Amen. So what he's saying is, in the end times, men will need to look to Him for peace. Look to the Word for peace. Because it's not going to be based on circumstances. This is, what I'm talking about is peace based on faith. Peace based on faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So you don't go crazy. Like the world. <laughs> Amen. But you have to learn to do this. Say that word learn. You learn, you learn to tap into this by controlling your thought life and your, your mind. Amen. Because the, the, it's going to be a lot of attacks. It'll be a tense, intense attacks against your mind. You know, so just learn it and, and practice it and get good at it. And, uh, you know, because it, what's going to be coming on the earth, he's saying there, is going to be creating a lot of, in the last days, not, not in the church, but people that don't do the word outside in the world, they're gonna, it's going to be creating a lot of derangement, yeah. a lot of uh, people that are unhinged. Yeah. You know, that's a <clears throat> excuse me, recipe for a lot of trouble. Yeah. Right? Especially if they let them back out of jail. Like they've been doing. Hello? What are we going to do about that? Stay in peace. Stay walking in the authority of the believer. Amen. And cast out devils. People are going to need our help. They're going to need what we're walking in in these last days. Amen. I'm going to wrap this up here. Revelation 6, 3, and 4. When he had opened the second seal, remember in the tribulation, this is referring to the tribulation. In the tribulation, Jesus, the Lamb on the throne, he's opening seals, and each seal has judgment that comes on the earth. I believe the seal is the lease, Adam's lease on the earth. I mean, excuse me, the book, the book that has seals on it. Um, but it says in Revelation 6, 3 and 4, When he had opened the second seal, I heard the second, be second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. Here's, the, here's what happens as a result of it. That they should kill one another, and there was given him a great sword. Now this isn't in the time that we're here. This is in the tribulation. Something happens over in the tribulation. But remember I said that future, future events will cast their shadow before them. We're seeing some of this. Now, I'm not saying the red horse rider has ridden. I'm not saying that. But we're seeing the beginnings of some of this kind of thing now. Amen. So learn to walk in your authority. He's going to take peace from the earth. It'll create a lot of, a lot of you know, a lot of, the reason people, notice he said here, men shall kill one another. You know why people do violence to others and hate others and say hard, harsh things to others and news media people are, you know why they're doing that? Anybody want to know why they're doing that? Because they themselves are tormented in their thought life. Vex people, hurt people. Amen. You can, you can listen to some of that and go, why are you all so mad? Because they've taken all these thoughts. They don't realize the thoughts that they've taken from the enemy, and it's created the hatred, it's created the anger, and it, and it can lead to violence, it can lead to all the stuff that we read about. Amen? Well, it's going, to be, it's going to be believers in the last days that keep their sanity, that know how to do the Word, and that's going to be able to help these people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Aren't you glad he said, my peace I leave with you? My peace I give to you. But then he didn't stop there. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. So something can be yours, but you still don't take advantage of it. How do you not let it? You got, one thing, you've got to control your thought life. Praise the Lord. You know what faith enables you to do? Faith enables you to walk in peace. Faith enables you to walk. Faith means you, you believe what the Word says and act like it's true. And part of acting like it's true means you, you don't get anxious. You don't take anxious thoughts. Hallelujah. Stand up with me.
Praise God. Because of the increased trouble in the world around us, there's going to be increased pressure on people's minds. <clears throat> and uh, some of these people will snap under that mental pressure. That's not to make you afraid. You have authority. See, people, you can't control. You, you don't have authority over their thought life and the thoughts they take. You can't control that. That's, they're, they're, only they have authority to cast those imaginations down. But you do have authority against Satan who is harassing them, using them to try to afflict, afflict your life. You know what I'm talking about? Harm your life. Amen. Amen. I'm not afraid of people snapping. I didn't say they wouldn't in these last days. I'm saying I'm not afraid of it because Satan, I have authority in my realm. Here on the church property, if you got a business or something, you got authority in that realm. And deranged people cannot, you know, take your business down or, you know, do all this crazy stuff. You got the Holy Ghost, and if, if Satan's got a, a, a strategy, he's going to try to work against you. You got the Holy Ghost to let you know about it and pray it out in the Holy Ghost and get it stopped. Amen. Listen to Hebrews 10 39. We're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of our soul. Weymouth says, Believe and gain possession of our souls. Whew. Another says, believe and so win possession of your souls. That means faith enables you to keep a hold of your thought life. <laughs> Amen. 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 Keeps it from the work of the enemy. Your mind is not Satan's playground or, you know, his, his, where he can set up shop and just. No, your mind is under renovation by the Word of God. And when these thoughts come, you know, thoughts come to all of us. Anybody that gasped at me saying, you know, thoughts came about uh, doing something mad, about policies that were... They're just not being realistic that those things come to them too. They got to deal with that. I'm talking about how to live in victory over that kind of thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith, victory, peace, and all those can be yours right in the middle of what's going on until Jesus comes. Praise God. Don't let Satan have your thought life. Don't let him in. Remember said, Jesus said, Give no, take no thought saying. Well, don't, don't take those thoughts. They come, but don't take them. Amen. Hallelujah.